Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and our phone number, 800 951 The phones have been active all day. Uh, right now, there's two lines open. Uh, the website at allamericangold.com, and what a... You, Thankfully, the weekend came, right? So uh, we, when we left off on Friday, we, we knew that, that China had retaliated right, for the tariffs uh, that were going to be administered by the Trump administration on September 1st and December 15th. As of, as of Friday, before Friday, China hadn't done anything. In other words, China didn't buy a bunch of agriculture products after the G20 meeting. Remember the G20 meeting? I think that was in July. Right? And and president was like, "Hey, we're going to we're going to put a pause on everything and China's going to buy agriculture products and we're going to keep talking." Of course, I I'm telling you, China's got no problem talking. Oh yeah, let's let's talk. Sure. Great. And the prem- the president said, hey, they're going to buy agriculture products. And then they didn't. And when they didn't, the president announced these new tariffs. Now, remember, all of them were supposed to be September 1st, and then he got nervous. Got nervous and, and waited on the bigger stuff like the cell phones and the computers and the toys uh, until December 15th, so he wanted to have, didn't want the prices to go up before Christmas. China had yet to respond, because how this game has worked is we announce a tariff, and before those tariffs take effect, and we always give a date, right? Hey, they're going to start on September 1st, Well, they're going to start December 15th, and it, and, and it allows... Uh, a little time for for companies to do whatever they need to do. So China finally responded. And of course they announced more tariffs on U.S. goods. Of course this got the president enraged and he made a, a couple of big announcements. Number one was he wanted U.S. companies to get out of China. They're really not U.S. companies, right? I've explained this to you. But he wanted them out. Now, there's debate, and there's still debate today. Does he have the legal authority to order it? I think he does. I'm not a lawyer, but I think he does. I think he could, through an executive order, force them out of there. Uh, Now, he, he said it, but... Really, you know, the it was more of a warning, right? And then, of course, he said, later this afternoon, I'm going to respond to China's tariffs. Now, he waited. Now, this was what we didn't know. We didn't know what the response was going to be. On Friday, we didn't know. There was speculation that the that the president was going to order the treasury department to start buying renminbi's right force the chinese currency to be stronger instead of weaker 
hasn't happened yet. And I say yet because I think it will. Instead, after the markets closed, so the president waited, gold closed, Wall Street closed, everything was closed for the weekend, and then he made an announcement saying that he was increasing the amounts of the tariffs. The all the the first two hundred and fifty billion that's at twenty five percent, he said is gonna go to thirty on October first. Then he said the ten percent tariffs that were going into effect on September first are now gonna be fifteen percent. And then as the weekend played out, there's a lot of weird things that happened. The G seven was meeting and uh, I, I don't know where, I think it was in Europe, I'm not sure, it doesn't matter. The G7 was meeting, and the president at one point was quoted was quoted as saying, yes, I have regrets, I, I, I always second-guess myself and this and that about the China thing. And then the White House immediately said, yeah, the only regret he had was was not making the, the, the percentage of the tariff even higher. No, I don't know, not sure. Late and and really late yesterday, futures were down three hundred. Gold was all the way up to fifteen fifty, uh, and then all of a sudden we started to hear uh, different things out of the administration. And the one thing that the the big thing was the president saying, "Hey, we're going to have meetings, right? We're going to talk some more, right?" Again, this is. Or the, the, the same old playbook. But here's what was a little interesting this morning. The president said that China had called us. And they, they want to talk and they want to have a deal. And that fixed every right. The, uh, the 300 point decline was now a 300 point advance, right? The gold, gold's up uh, $2, $3, you know. Still up, but not not as big as it was. Now the Chinese are saying, we didn't call you. What are you talking about? I'll explain it all when we get back. 800-951-0592. This is like better than the trashy television that you see, like... Uh, I don't even know. I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but but this is this is great. So this morning on CNBC, they had to talk about whether or not the president lied about China calling, and, and this is a big deal because I'm going to tell you right now. I already know the end. China didn't call. China didn't call. But the Dow was going to open down big again today. And so the president, I'll just read it to you. I'll, I'll give you what the president said, what the Chinese said, and then what Steve Mnuchin said. And then we can all decide together. And, and again, why does this matter? And the answer really is, it does and doesn't. 
Here's what really matters. What's going to happen? Is there going to be a trade deal or not? And the answer is no. I keep telling you this. No. The the uh, the glimmer of hope today is kind of a fallacy. But let's let's go through it. <laughs> Some are now calling this the hallucination phase of the trade war. The president made it clear Sunday night that he was staring at a plunging U.S. equity futures. And again, now right, this was going to be breaking down past the you know last we we got to twenty five six, and this was going to break that low. We're we're getting ready to head lower. Okay, so now he's at the G yeah he's at the G seven meeting, and he came out with this. China called last night our trade people and said let's get back to the table they understand how life works according to the president he said that US officials received two very productive calls from the Chinese but declined whether he's whether he spoke directly to the Chinese president and he added, of course, the same thing he's always said. They want to make a deal. Now that was that was what kind of saved uh, Wall Street from opening down significantly lower today. And then this came out. Hu Jin, and I doubt I pronounced that right. He is the. A communist mouthpiece for Global Times. So, in other words, uh, this is how China gets its message out to the world. He is uh, apparently on Twitter now, right? So, the Chinese—I gotta love how this works, right? Chinese now—they they will respond to the president on Twitter, and and he said he came out and said. Here's what he just said. China will take further countermeasures in response to U.S. tariffs. Beijing will soon unveil a plan of imposing retaliatory tariffs on certain U.S. products. Right? And and then uh, he went on to say, as far as he knows, China made no phone calls to the United States. After that came out, the President and the Treasury Secretary were giving an interview. So a reporter, after the Global Times comes out and says, hey, no phone calls. There was no, uh, and let me put it this way, there was no high-level phone calls. A reporter asked, do you mean to say that there was also a call last night with China, or was there not an actual call? 
So we're going to give you a chance. Was there a call? Was there not a call? Steve Mnuchin answers, there were discussions that that went back and forth, and let's just leave it at that. The president interrupts, says, last night and before last night. In other words, hey, they called last night, they called before. Now, I don't know. But when you saw the face of the Treasury Secretary, again, I'm not an expert, I don't know, but, you know, if you had kids, any of you out there that have kids, you know when people are lying. <laughs> and it looked pretty obviously like, like, hey, this may be a little bit of an exaggeration. I'm not saying there wasn't phone calls. You're naive to think that the United States and China don't talk every day on some level. I guarantee you they do. Was these, or Were these major phone calls? I don't think so. Uh, is, is the president trying uh, to get the trade thing settled down and back on track? Yes. I do think he is trying to do that. Do I... And so as I'm watching uh, Jim Cramer this morning and all, they were debating whether or not the president was lying. And someone actually made a good point. Which is, you may not be able to believe everything the president says. But you need to believe that he's serious about it. And I think that part is true, uh, without a doubt. But this is kind of the... Uh, I, I guess when I'm looking at it today, this is more wishful thinking. This is more wishful thinking uh, than actually us in China sitting down for any real form of negotiation. And, and I would tell you this, as, as I've been telling you, keep buying. Uh, gold again, again. We hit another six-year high today. Uh, last night into this morning, we're going to do them again. Uh, we talked about it. I think when the they announce the Treasury buying Renimbi, that's going to be a watershed market moment. We're probably going to be looking at seventeen hundred dollar gold, not sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred. By the way, the Renimbi the uh, the more freely traded one in Hong Kong, they got two two of them. I know it's a little complicated. Um, fell to 7.2, well, 719 in change uh, last night, so it's picking up space, uh, picking up pace. Now, because of that, because of all of this trade stuff, nobody even talked about the economic data that came out today. The durable goods number uh, was released this morning and almost nobody even talked about it uh, here was the 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 number durable goods headline rose 2.1 now that was that was a not and, and as far as durable goods go that's not a huge number but that's not a small number that's a pretty decent number the problem was uh it was all aircraft. Uh, defense defense aircraft in part orders up 34%. Non-defense aircraft in parts order up 
48%, which is kind of weird because Boeing's not getting any orders that I know of, but okay. But these are numbers normally we throw them out. Uh, that Normally when you do durable goods, what they care about is the uh, core durable goods number, the one that they use uh, for GDP, and that number was down seven-tenths. So not a not a good GDP number. Uh, it is the uh, second big decline in the last five months. Uh, uh, so over the last five months, believe it or not, GDP is down. I, I'm sorry, durable goods, durable goods, not GDP. Durable goods uh, over the last five ne- uh, months is now uh, slightly negative. Uh, core, dur- I'm sorry, core durable goods down four tenths. Uh, durable goods uh, shipments was down seven tenths, uh, and of course I think that goes hand in hand, uh, and that really kind of nobody uh, talking about that because everyone's trying to figure out whether or not the Chinese call didn't call. Here's what I I want you to focus in on. Here's the pattern: we do something. China eventually responds. They don't respond right away, but they always respond before uh, the day of the t- that the tariffs are supposed to start. Right? Because remember what I said earlier. Right? The president comes out and says we're going to do this, and he puts a date on it. China won't respond immediately, but before that date comes, they respond then usually what happens is the president will be upset, will make some threats, they'll agree to have some talks, right? Right? They'll have some talks. There will be a cooling off period of two, three, four weeks, and then the president will follow through on the threat, whatever that threat may have been. And then, of course, China will wait. And then before the deadline, China will respond. The president will once again say, okay, you're not leaving me any choice here. This is what I'm going to do next. Right? And then Wall Street freaks out. And every time that happens, Wall Street freaks out. Uh, the, then the, the president will say something nice. Right? Uh, like he did here this way. Hey, they called. They didn't say who called. Didn't say that that he talked to him. Mnuchin didn't say he talked to anybody. Lighthizer didn't say he talked to anybody. I'm not sure who called. It could have been a butt dial for all I know. Right? We don't know. Somebody called. And, and everybody will be appeased. I am sure there will be some kind of discussion. The problem is September 1st this weekend. So the the first round kicks in. Now, I haven't heard or seen a, a delay on that whatsoever. And, and I really don't think we're going to get anything done there. And then October 1st, this new extra 5% supposed to kick in. So we'll see. But that's kind of where I'm at on this. I don't know. Um, do I think there was a call? Yes and no. Yes, I think somebody called. 
Was it was it a high level call? I doubt it, but I don't know. It could have been. Could have been. Uh, but but neither here nor there. I think this is this is the same pattern that we've been in now, which is. Hey, we're going to try to talk some more. China's more than willing to talk. I'm telling you. They would love to talk all the way through the election. I think China would love it if they said, Hey, you know what? We're We're going to follow through on all the stuff we just committed to, right? Right, we're going to follow through on that stuff. September 1st, October 1st, December 15th, everybody follows through. China does what they do. We do what they do. If they would, if we would have just stopped there, I think China would just sit and wait. I don't know if we can afford to do that either. Kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Patriot Radio News Hour halftime on a Monday. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Daniel Weldon is just an average 22-year-old American college student. He just so happens to also be the chairman of the Florida Federation of College Republicans. He's an avid patriot, and he happens to be a six foot two inch, two hundred and thirty pound former linebacker for the University of Florida Gators. He decked out in his American flag shirt, Trump pin, and Make America Great Again hat on the Fourth of July to celebrate. He said, "My girlfriend had warned me earlier that night that someone would attack me for wearing my MAGA hat to a college bar." Sure enough, Weldon was later surrounded in a restaurant by a gang of seven liberals, mostly young women. They berated him for his attire, and things quickly turned nasty. One of the women grabbed his hat, while another ripped off his Trump pin and threw it away. They began to yell at him and push and throw punches. During this episode, he remained calm and didn't lift a finger in return. The men in the liberal group convinced their cohorts to finally move along. When Daniel filed a police report about this incident, the police reported that this is unfortunately not an isolated incident in Gainesville, Florida. It's also not uncommon nationwide. Daniel Weldon is in the recent company of teenagers in a Texas burger joint and an elderly man in a California Starbucks. All of these individuals have recently been violently berated and attacked for just wearing a red ball cap and minding their own business. Casual news watchers won't hear these stories. They don't understand the widespread hatred that liberals put on display in so many situations where individuals even passively express their free speech. It's up to us to remind the majority of Americans that despite what fake news tells them, the supposedly tolerant party and political ideology isn't really tolerant at all. They are violently opposed to any beliefs that disagree with their own. We are simply not allowed to have a different opinion, according to them. Daniel Weldon encourages all Americans and his fellow patriots with these words. Never back down. When conservatives back down, the left wins. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For 50 years, Mrs. Schlafly promoted grassroots efforts to rally conservatives. Today, you can harness the power of social media by going to phyllisschlafly.com and sharing these commentaries with friends across the country. Get started at phyllisschlafly.com. 
Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. Big day here, a really good day uh, for silver. You know, gold's at 1530. Silver, though, silver's up another 25 cents. Uh, 1766, and, and, and uh, just, uh, you know, silver starting to catch up here. And we, we, we talked about this, that once silver broke 17, get ready, uh, silver's going to start closing that gap on gold. Uh, and, and, you know, and I've used the analogy a bunch of times, right? Big brother, little brother. Well, little brother fell behind. He, he's running up here. He's running to catch up to big brother. He's still got a long way to go. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, $1,700 gold. Uh, you know, I probably need to put an emphasis on, you know, we're going to see, you know, mid-20, 22 $23, silver at the same time here as we kind of watch all of this play out. And I'm reading headlines here. Uh, one of the things you'll hear a lot, the president will say, China sincerely wants a trade deal. Right? You've heard that? They, and he's right. Of course they do. Yes, that's true. But it's not what it means. Wanting a trade deal and having it and having a trade deal vastly, vastly different, right? Yes, China wants a trade deal. They absolutely do. They want to go back to hey what it was. And remember what I've told you all along. Nobody cared. That China was building all our stuff. Our companies didn't care. Our government didn't care. And let's face it, did we really care? I mean, I did. I thought that was idiotic, right? When you, when you are no longer a country that can produce the stuff it consumes, you got problems. And I was more worried always about deficits and wealth. You know, what made America a superpower? We used to run the trade surpluses of the world. It was unheard of for America to run a trade deficit in the 1800s, the early 1900s, 1920, 1930, 1940, 1950, 1960. It was unheard of. We haven't run a trade surplus. That's like 1973. Huh. About two years after we left the gold standard completely, uh, we've never run a trade surplus since. And, of course, I've told all of you. What does that mean? And you'll get all these fancy economists talking about globalization and all these reasons. Oh, it's not as bad as it seems and we didn't want those jobs and all this other stuff. Here's what it really means in its simplest terms. There was capital here that is now in another country. Period. That's what it means. Used to be there was capital in other countries, and now it's in America. Right? 
While that was happening, we became the world's superpower. Now, it doesn't take a genius or a rocket scientist or some Nobel laureate to figure it out that, hey, wait a minute, uh, where's all the money going? Because, you know, at the end of the day, right, what are they always, what's the old saying? Follow the money. Where's it going? Where's the money going? And by and large, I mean, actually, Mexico just announced it ran a little, it has a trade surplus. But by and large, it goes to China, right? That's where it goes. And and then you start thinking about, we granted them reserve currency status. So think about this. This is how little we cared. Right? And, I, and I've said this how many times to you? We did not care about the trade deficit. We didn't care China was making all our stuff. We didn't even care that they were stealing our stuff. Did you hear any of our companies complaining? Any of them? Maybe a steel company. Right. That, that was about it. A steel company. We go, that was it. But and then we granted them reserve currency status. And let's face it, it's still not widely used. 2%, 3%, something like that. But all of a sudden... Once China got reserve currency status, it took a little bit, didn't it? Took a couple of years. Of course, then they released that Belt and Road Initiative, right? The new Silk Road. Nobody had ever, ever thought in a million years that any of these countries... Now listen, a lot of these countries would love to do the same thing. Which is what? China wanted to be the main player. Right? Hey, Africa, you call... Before you call the United States, you call us. Eastern Europe, before you call the United States, you call us. Right? Russia already called them first. Right? North Korea called them first. I'm sure Venezuela called them first. Everybody else, there was a pecking order. Right? The pecking order went, hey, first we call the U.S. And then maybe maybe uh, after we call the other G7 guy, you know, then we'll get around, we'll call China, and we'll call them later. So China wrote it down. Hey, you're going to call us first. Europe, all of, not just Eastern Europe, all of Europe. Asia, South Korea, Japan, Malaysia, Australia. You're going to call us first. Right now, Argentina right? Argentina's going to be calling China first because they're going to make a deal to su- supply all this food. And that's when all of a sudden we're like, whoa, wait a minute. And, and, and again, how naive are our elected officials that it took somebody like Trump to make this a big forefront issue? I mean, 
I don't, you know, here's the problem. The cat's kind of already out of the bag. I don't know if the president can put it back in there or not. Right? Think about it. We just announced we're tariffing everything that comes from China into the United States. Everything. But they still said, eh. Oh, did I butt dial you? Oh, sorry. Don't pin your hopes on a butt dial. Call the Patriot Trading Group. We'll be back right after the break. Now, we've been watching as these central banks continue to buy gold and a lot of it, right? We're on a pace. Last year was the second highest level ever. This year we're on a pace to shatter the record for most gold purchased by central banks. Somewhere north of 700 metric tons. I mean, it's it's incredible. And I keep asking, right? At first, I, I tell you always what, be your own central bank. And then I always ask this question, why are they doing it? Right? Because they got options. See, and I wish we could have the same options. Right? Wouldn't it be great if you could decide to have your money in Bitcoin or dollars or euros or renminbi or gold, right? Wouldn't it be great? Now, <laughs> maybe not, right? There may be too many choices and you put it in the wrong thing, right? You know, like like Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin's been, it can go up $2,000 and down $2,000 in, in seconds. But competition. And I got the feeling that, that something something's not right. And then, and of course, all of this stuff always happens over the weekend. A digital currency, which we know that's, that's going to be the replacement, right? We know that. Backed by a group of nations is needed to compete with the U.S. dollar, which has reached a level of dominance that poses a barrier to economic growth in much of the world. Said the Russians? Nope. Oh, it must have been the Chinese. Uh-uh. No, it wasn't them. Cuba, Venezuela, if, even if they said it, who would care? According to Bank of England Governor Mark Carney, he said it in a speech to fellow bankers on Friday. <laughs> right here they are, right, and they're having these meetings, and, and now we're finding out, hey, guess what they're talking about in the meetings that we don't have privy to. Hey, we need a new currency. One that... Uh, the United States doesn't have the power. Right? See, because here's the thing. Think of it as a fist. And, and believe me, I wish I was wrong on this. But it's true. This is happening. You have to come to grips with it. Right? Think of a dictator. When they want to hold on to power, what do they do? 
You know what they do, right? They get out the military, right, and they they start arresting people, and and if that they don't beheading them, hanging them, whatever. See, we do it differently. We like to exert our authority. If we have to, right, we will. We'll bring in the aircraft carriers. We'll bring in the F-16s, right? We'll bring in the troops. But that's that's a last resort, right? We like to, we're more civilized. Said we like to use our power economically, don't we? Right? Look at what we did to Venezuela and Iran and North Korea and and guess what? People are kind of getting sick of it. Kind of doing the, uh, you know, hey, if you live in a glass house, maybe you shouldn't throw stones, sort of thing, right? But we're trying to we're trying to what? Clinch the fist. And now what we're finding out, what, is Eclipse of is all of this, the dissenting is starting to ooze out. And now, I would say, right, of, of all of our allies, who's our best ally? Right? Who's our best ally? Wouldn't it be England? Right? I mean, Canada doesn't count. I mean, they do. I mean, we like the Canadians. I got a lot of Canadian customers. Nothing against you guys. But, right, England's probably our best ally. And they come out at a meeting, and this wasn't like uh, some a politician or somebody trying to make for a name for himself. It's one of their Bank of England governors saying, hey, we need an alternative to the dollar. And the share of the trade invoiced shocks in the U.S. would have less potent spillovers through exchange rates in trade would become less synchronized across countries. In other words, isn't this a great idea? And it is, right? It really, if if you're not in the U.S., this is a great idea. Reducing the influence on the of the dollar on a global financial cycle would help reduce the volatility of capital flows to emerging market economies and all these other things. And I'm just, I'm warning you. These debts that they're trying to ignore, they're coming like a tidal wave, like an avalanche. On top of, at the same time, we're in the biggest fight we've ever had since we became the superpower with the Chinese right now. It's like a two-headed monster. Be your own central bank. Put your gold away. And then let's hope we don't have to use it. Final segment coming up. A 
Uh, it's just what happens, right? You got a gold rally, uh, gold now breaking through uh, some more support, and now the August contract it expires here the next. I think Thursday is the last day of the contract, so really you got to be looking to the October contract now. Uh, so gold above fifteen thirty here, silver up another twenty five cents today. I, I still have, you know what? Now we're we, we've had a great uh, bunch of orders over the weekend. We're down to, uh, I would say, the last 200 rolls a quarter. So that's not that many. I know it's, oh, that, that sounds like a lot. Uh, 200 rolls a quarter is like, it's only like $26,000. So there's not a lot left here. Uh, they're at $130 uh, this morning on rolls of silver quarter. So if you're looking for government hallmarked silver, this is by far the cheapest uh, you're going to be able to get it today. Uh, silver quarters, rolls of 40 silver quarters in a roll uh, at $130. Uh, Liberties and Saints now, $1,605. Uh, and, and I'll just say this, it's been a very busy morning. Uh, everybody we talked to, Wendy, Wendy was out making calls, sending out emails. Everyone, same thing, right? You got anything? You got anything? You got everybody's looking for stuff as uh, people are starting to realize what's really here. I mean, th- this is this is about supremacy. This is about the you know we've talked about it for a long time. I mean, you just can't print money out of thin air. I mean, look at the yield curve inverted again now. I I don't know. I I know this. What does it mean? I know it's not good. <laughs> right. I I think all of you know, that that it, is it a recession? Not a recession? I don't know. But I know this. It's not good. And I've said this over and over and over again. I don't. There's no trade deal. Rates are coming down a lot more than people think. The president has been telling you to buy gold for how long now? Right? He wants the Fed's funds rate, right? I don't know how low it goes. I know this. They've already made up their minds. Right? We had Alan Greenspan and Janet Yellen. Right? Zero's just a number. Don't worry, it's just a number. I mean, you can have negative one, negative two, negative five, right? And we're talking about was there or wasn't there a phone call? Come on. Right? Listen, there. how many phone calls have we made in the last two years? How many more phone calls can we possibly have if we've even had them? And I guess at the end of the day, uh, you know, think about what the president talked about that he hasn't done yet. That's what you should be preparing for. He hasn't officially ordered companies out of China yet. And he hasn't officially ordered the Treasury to start buying Renimbi yet. Now, if you're going by the pattern... Right? If we're going by the pattern, those are should be the next things we see the next time the trade talks back, uh, break down. Hopefully, before that's happened, 
you've already uh, beefed up your portfolio. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll see who calls tomorrow. <laughs> 